I've just introduced myself in Thai. In this lesson, you're going to learn how to introduce yourself in Thai. It's super easy, and it takes only three minutes. Good evening and welcome to Midnight Videos Doomsday Clock, our corrosive countdown of cult cream with your hosts, me, Phil Walsh. And me, Jim Hall. Tonight, with the hands poised at seven minutes to midnight, their Stetsons, pistols and harmonicas are going to see plenty of action as we serve up kinetic Thai Western romance homage, Tears of the Black Tiger. Back again, number seven. Lucky number seven. Hopefully. <laughs> and another of your choices. Another. You were keen for a little Asian cinema, remember, when we got this list of uh, 12 movies together. I can't remember what the other one you suggested was. No, neither can I at the moment, on the spot. But it's nice to watch something that's not Chinese or Japanese, I think, because <laughs> most of the time people associate Asian cinema with like the biggies. Which is obvious because they've got a massive um, cinematic following. But yeah, I mean, Thailand's it's no, uh, it's not shy of uh, putting the celluloid out. Should we spend one night in Bangkok? <laughs> what fast or outlaw dumb has in gun skills he lacks in a happy love life. A string of obstacles repeated with thwart romance with childhood sweetheart Rumpoi and has seen Dumb go from upright student to wanted criminal. But the baleful balladeer's life just gets worse. With a battle for status within the gang, a war against the Thai police, and heartbroken Rumpoi's impending marriage to an enemy suitor. Recently, Jim, you watched a film called Beyond the Black Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Heavily stylized science fiction film echoing sentiments of the uh, early 80s Stanley Kubrick etc. Cronenberg all sorts going on. What we've got here is basically a Thai film echoing Sam Peckinpah the melodramas Douglas Sirk was it? Douglas Sirk yeah, yeah. Um, but made about 10 years ago. There seems to be some kind of a correlation there in my mind I mean I've not seen Beyond the Black Rainbow yet I'm looking forward to it but there's um, there's an interesting thing that happens sometimes in world cinema or whatever you want to call it where another country will be massively influenced by... Or a filmmaker will be massively influenced by elsewhere. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people at the moment won't have seen Beyond the Black Rainbow, um, which I did enjoy, but going back to your point, a great thing with that is I think the guy who directed it, whose name I've not got, it's the son it's of Co- Cost- Costumas, what is it? Uh, Cosmatos, Cosmatos, George Cosmatos. Cosmatos. Uh, Cost- is Cosmatos. it Pan, 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 No. Whatever. But apparently um, he was inspired to do that because when he was a kid he went to video stores and I think it was a it was a prime time for all of those slightly disturbing science fiction films of the early 80s and he was looking at the video covers and it was more the feel he got from things like old States Brainstorm, Videodrome, all these kind of things. With this, um, 
it's a good point you raise because with this again it is it is influenced by someone's idea of other films but I I don't think it's what they thought those films were like having not seen them no no, no, no. I got the impression it was someone who had been brought up on Thai westerns and melodramas it has got that Douglas Sirk thing but I'm not sure if that was it's deliberately taken from that or whether the original films he's paying homage to had taken it back in the 50s and 60s or whenever the, those original films were made one way or another it's an homage it's visually very striking I mean one of the best things about this is the colour scheme which you, hits you immediately it's kind of technicolour but faded it's almost like it's been made to look like the prints been ageing for se- uh, several decades I know how they did this <laughs> they on. record it onto uh, beta video Betamax yeah. video yeah. then from and then put it onto film and right no, was it from no? Sorry, from film to video and then back to film. From me to you, <laughs> Chuckle Brothers. Maybe yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like absolutely purposefully done, like, obviously. Um, yeah. But it, I mean, it's. I'd say it's acid drenched. It, it really is like um, so strikingly visual in all aspects. Um, there's a there's a great review by someone. Um, I think it's relatively little seen, to be honest. I think it's quite cultish. Mm. Um, certainly in Thailand, I mean, the Thai uh, box office takings were abysmal. But anything that's not um, fitting within the remit of uh, mainstream Thai cinema is usually like if anyone knows the films of um, Happy Chat Pong Wirastical, who did. Uh, what? Happy Ping Pong <laughs> Testicle? <laughs> uh, Uncle Bum Me, who won oh. Khan and his earlier films. Um, the, the, it's people with a, another kind of aesthetic which doesn't fit in with. But ironically, um, this is. I mean, I made that little potential uh, statement at the beginning about, you know, is this coming from the. Douglas Sirk sort of Peckinpah school of things but it's not actually because if if you've read any interviews with uh, the filmmaker he was more influenced by old Thai films especially there's a a filmmaker in the 50s I think who specialised in melodramas basically Mm. I mean this is a melodrama the whole thing it's more melodrama than western yeah that's yeah definitely yeah that was my assumption with it and one of the things I had a problem with I didn't think this was someone trying to wait Hollywood films I, I I always assumed it was someone who was paying homage to films that they grew up on mm. from their own culture which you know for better or worse I'm not familiar with so I didn't feel like I had that much invested in it like I say the colour scheme that colour palette I really liked the thing is it then immediately got into um, fancy gunplay which is something I'm probably being a bit broad but it's something I do associate with certainly the kind of Asian films which get cult followings mm-hmm. in the west it didn't seem to be much effect to, to much effect though. I mean, it's one of the first things that happens in it is the two of the main characters go in, take on a couple of guys, and do this incredible trick shot. And then it's a kind of a nice conceit, but the film actually kind of stops and a caption comes up and saying, "Did you see Should that?" that? <laughs> yeah. Let's play it again, and it kind of winds back and shows the whole thing uh, from a different angle, where this bullet bounces off, and you know, yes, impossible trick shot manages to kill this guy in quite a bloody way. You know, kind of. I'm not objecting to it, but it didn't really it it didn't fit in with the tone of the rest of the film. The rest, of the, like I say, a lot of the film's romance. And it, I didn't really feel there was much gelling between the melodrama of the romance and how um, how gruesome <laughs> the uh, the violence was. It. Right. Yeah. But I don't know where do you draw the line on that. It's um, not not on the gruesomeness, but 
that fancy gunplay and it um, for me those those kind of impossible you know great physical feats that you get in samurai cinema or something it kind of works if you've got something invested in the character or you know what they're like but it just seems to come from nowhere and by the end of the film uh, Dom the Black Tiger I didn't feel I there was I hadn't really got particularly involved with him you know um, I, I think I'm probably going to have a big cultural problem with this in that yeah, I'm not yeah. I've, it just seemed quite an alien film to me right okay yeah. no it's interesting yeah I mean to me as well but I mean I embraced that I, that's that's what I liked about it the fact that it was like very alien to me but I mean I've, I've seen a few Thai films before especially like Happy Jack Bond we were asked the cool stuff <laughs> but I like that I like the fact that I'm quite clueless about stuff sometimes I oh, like yeah, it's nice I like to it find when it's stuff but like I said because this is an homage I feel but I don't think it's all homage though I mean it's probably like 78% of it is but that's just like repeated storytelling you know mm. stuff that you, can, you, you I think homage is a word that is banded around quite loosely I mean there's just a way of telling stories that's always going to be there like whether it's cinematically or like through a film or mm. poetically or whatever you um with this, like I actually really felt for the characters because I felt that there was a, a real divide between. I mean, that was obvious anyway. But there's a divide between Dum and Rumpuri because she's from like a wealthy family. Yeah, there's a class class divide. Thing, yeah. yeah, but also like I mean, I think in Thailand there's there's obviously like there's a big Buddhism, but there's a I, from this, I gathered there was more of a, a Muslim, like Islamic element to it, as well. Um, whether or not that's true, I don't know. It's just like the way I viewed it. So I like this way that there was a lot of class barriers, but also there was something else between there was like there was like honor and stuff, which felt quite uh, rooted in like theological sort of. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's 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 all of that stuff getting in the way of this, obviously. Thwarted romance, mm. you know, doomed romance. You, you all right? <laughs> Having a little black tiger of your own. There's all that stuff in there about the sort of the, the doomed romance with all the obstacles in the way. But a lot of the time, I felt again because it's such an alien thing to me. It felt like Rumpoi, the, the female character, seemed. <laughs> I'm going to say well on for this. She seemed happy for it to go ahead. It was uh, Dom himself who was kind of saying, "No, no, no, you don't know me." You know, it's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. and it felt like. Just go for it, man. You know, I didn't. Um, I found it really hard to relate to. But I think you've, I'm possibly yeah, showing sure my ignorance here. But it's in a very fantastical setting, so I'm not. It's hard for me to say this is a cultural thing when the whole. You know, I'm not sure I'm explaining myself here, mm. but it's. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. No, I. I, I, I think for any of these films to work, you have to really get the characters, even if they're in the most fantastical setting imaginable you know but I think you've also got to accept that there is going to be a massive cultural divide sometimes and I don't know I, I went travelling for quite a long time and like experienced other cultures and like the way that uh, relationships might form sometimes or not form or uh, break down and to me it made quite it makes a lot of sense there's a naivety there's a perceived naivety that the West has about um, Asian or Certainly, like Eastern cultures about um, wooing or like yeah, being courting. together, courting—that's yeah. the word I was looking for. Courting, which I think, I mean, if you read sort of turn of the century, well, turn of last century novels, you know, you can get a grasp for that in some ways. I mean, even stuff like like when J.G. Bollard wrote his um, 
Empire of the Sun and that you get a feel for like China which which was a completely different country and loyalties were divided and leading elsewhere but they were always like retained into how how that culture initially was like so like the Chinese culture and I've got I had the same thing with like this film and the other Thai films I've had I can't relate to how everything works in that it doesn't always work for me like the way people meet each other and stuff I mean there's often quite a, a western slant on things and the thing about this what I loved is that it, there wasn't that the fact that Dunn didn't want to do that he was very much the sort of like as I said like John Mills in Hobson's Choice or something <laughs> like that mm. you know there's you know there's that need and lust but it's almost repressed very repressed yeah I, I, I really like that it's something that's kind of lost and it's lost because that doesn't exist anymore mm that spoke to me in some ways and the way that it's so heavily stylized but in the way that like Thai films used to be you know the film director was saying that had make sure that opening sequence went well it's not opening sequence but him and his mate are having a, a shootout yeah. and there's like a painted background it's basically oh, yes. like a, yeah. a billboard yeah I mean, a it, it's completely artificial isn't it I think yeah. one of them actually does the board move or they move yeah they well they move they I think the camera sort of like, like pans yeah, slowly around, around. And uh, I don't that that's really I found all that like extremely appealing to me because because it's so alien it's so different like the the fact that it's different I mean I had another I had an experience with like a, an Inuit film called Atanajara which has a similar it's made by like people in uh, Greenland and northern Canada uh, Eskimos I guess they filmed this like two and a half hour three hour movie of a folk tale that happened it goes back and forth in time but you've got no conception because it's all just set on this like white wasteland so in igloos no and stuff to, yeah, yeah and it's it's mind-boggling because like. that was and another was thing i found a bit thing. a bit galling with this um much of the film is told in flashback um the present day situation is dom is the black tiger he's a feared outlaw he's an incredible gunman mm. most of it keeps flashing back to his childhood and right up to about a year before isn't it yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I found. Uh, yeah, this this kept pulling me out of the story. <laughs> I feel like I've got a real. <laughs> it sounds like I've got a real downer on this. But, um, so many of these things kept getting in the way, and I I know it's my own my own shortcoming for not being as familiar with it and, and maybe not embracing it as much. But mm. or I suppose also, like I say, there are certain Asian films which come through to the West and become a big hit, and it's usually because they, without dismissing them. It's usually because there's something quite easy to grasp onto, which will be how kinetic or balletic or something the violence is and how it's staged. There's sort of the universal. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whereas this, I I just found it a bit hard to swallow it um, to take it all on board, and the fact it was neither fish nor fowl, you know, it was, mm. there was there was that stuff of the John Wish kind of gunplay. I mean, one of the best bits is the bit that you put on the the, the quiz clip, you know, oh, which is yeah, the final yeah, show, yeah. showdown between two of the characters, which are actually. You know, I thought was really great, really worked. But so the fact that so much of it is this very drawn out romance, and it's almost like a Merchant Ivory thing. It's yeah, about the yeah, manners, yeah, yeah, and you know, we can't possibly go along through with this. <laughs> and I said, something I absolutely hated about it was the soundtrack, which 
I've not done too much research on this, but I'm not sure if they'd actually use music cues from because I imagine they're all old Thai. Films, this is I'd like imagine there's old Thai films probably had library music and so yeah. music cues, and this seemed to have about five pieces of music that it just kept playing over and over at again. least yeah <laughs> oh <laughs> I don't I think less possibly no I think like nearly end, nearly every individual song was different like. really not yeah. not the tunes they sang just in the background there seemed to be these same few cues that were going round and round and round and it right. drove me absolutely around the twist because <laughs> you know? it's not a long film it's about a shade over an hour and a half or something yeah. but it did feel Possibly because of that flashback um, nature to it as well. No, I was quite exhausted by it as it was going on. No, I loved all. I loved. I loved the music. I thought it was great, uh, especially like when they, because it's a musical as well. You know. Oh yeah, there's plenty of that. There's, <laughs> there's outright uh, musical moments. I mean, it's not like Cannibal the musical. Yeah, but like I said, the, the, I really like the visual side of it. The colour scheme, the sets were great. You, um, you mentioned the Buddhism, but there's a there's a really great bit when they are. Uh, the, the two characters um, I've actually not written his name down because there's Dom then who's the guy with the little moustache who's uh, Mathewson yes Mathewson. Who, who's tiring of being a sidekick in the group yeah. that's the status battle that's going on there but the two of them have a bit of a wild time around this uh, huge Buddha statue oh that looked really yeah. great <laughs> and there was I was going to say what, what I've got in my notes is there was chronic underuse of a dwarf <laughs> yeah, he was, he was but, there in the gang, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, but he thinking about it, I thought that showed. Thinking about it now, I think that showed some restraint. I think it would have <laughs> been too obvious. The fact that he's just there and you see him throughout, but there's a great scene when it does go across the line of all the bandits on their horses and is at the end on this l- little Shetland pony or something, <laughs> isn't it? was actually quite a nice little touch. Yeah, yeah. Another problem I have, like uh, I was saying on our Christmas show, one of the my favourite film of last year that I watched was. Um, Paul Schrader's Mishima and it was mm. for a lot of the things that I like in this about how alien that was and yeah. showing a totally different mindset that was absolutely essential to the, the characters central to how they conducted their lives right. the colour schemes all of those things the fact that it was aping kind of very over the top theatrical productions mm-hmm. and stuff everything, I feel bad for saying this but everything that worked about that and I'm, I'm aware that's a westerner coming in and trying to do that yeah yeah didn't work here. It seemed like a sort of much lesser version of that, you know. Well, I think it's. I think it's good. I I take on board everything that you uh, don't really like about I it. Throw it back in life. No, but for me, I I I think it's a great movie. I really really enjoyed it. Um, without making you sound like some insane xenophobe. <laughs> I'm getting my pith helmet on. I think you just have to kind of give yourself up, like most yeah, of the it's, films it's you possible watch. It's possible. I I to. went to. I sat down to watch it possibly with a totally different set of expectations and okay. often usually one of the things I love is being confounded you know a few weeks back we did Stone which wasn't the film I expected I expected wall to wall you know beer and Back violence and stuff and it was something <laughs> else entirely and that was great and this this time it just didn't work for me you know and I'm trying to take into account whether I was watching it at the wrong time of day or something <laughs> or, uh, but no I just no it just didn't do it for me I really like this film. Go and watch it. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> but if you agree with Jim Moore. <laughs> okay, thanks for listening. We'll see you again next time. Ciao.
In next lesson, you learn one of the most important survival phrases. Excuse me, do you speak English? See you next time.